Welcome to the Ohio Ministry Network podcast. The following audio was recorded at the 2014 Synergy Conference held in Gahanna, Ohio at Pathway Church. For more information, please visit our website, ohioministry.net. Okay, so we are in the session on being becoming more valuable to the team, being a better musician. I just want to introduce myself to you for those of you who were not in the first session with me. Um, my name is Amanda Valentine. I am the executive worship and recovery pastor at Dayspring Church in Bowling Green, Ohio. I'm married to my husband, Matt. We've been married, it'll be 15 years this year. We have four children. Annie is 12, and Caitlin is 7, Nash is 6, and Quinn is 2. We are in the process of the stomach flu going through our home, so it's wonderful. And we live in the great city of Bowling Green, where we have had a record 85 inches of snow this year. And every time it starts to clear, we get more. Um, so my kids may be going to school through August. I'm not sure yet. We'll find out here real soon. Uh, so glad that you're here and have cho- chosen to come and learn more about this. Just want to know that really one of the highest values to be here is not necessarily even to hear everything I have to say, but it's to meet other people in this room and to network. These are gonna, could become some of your best friends, best resources in ministry are the people that are sitting next to you and behind you and in front of you. Um, as we kind of travel this journey together. Uh, And also just want to let you know that this session will be available on the ohioministry.net website, on iTunes if you search for Ohio Ministry Network, and on both Android and Windows devices. I feel like a flight attendant, you know, (laughs) repeating my little jargon there every time. Okay, so I want to talk to you. um, We're going to pray, and then I'm going to talk to you about this whole idea of musicianship. Father, thank you so much for being with us today, for meeting with us. Lord, you are so good. You're so faithful. I pray, God, that you would teach us today. Uh, you would give us truth directly from your word. God, we value your word. It is, it is bread to our bones. It is life to our body. I thank you, Jesus, for everyone that's here today. I pray, God, that you would bless the ministries they represent, and you would bless their faithfulness as they continue to grow and to learn. We do choose, God, to humble ourselves under your mighty hand so that you can be the one that lifts us up in due time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if I asked you today to rate yourself as a musician on a scale of 1 to 10, okay, first of all, let's, let's just, since we have a smaller group this time, tell me what instrument you play, okay? So let me start right here. You don't have to rate yourself in front of the whole group, but it would be, be really cool if you did. Okay, what do you play? I play the piano, and I'm starting to learn how to play the guitar. Good for you. Piano and learning the guitar. Good. Okay, here. Guitar. Guitar? Drums. Guitar? Yeah. Okay. Guitar and drums. Awesome. Hey, is it C or G? Is it guitar? E minor. E minor, right? <laughs> e minor. E minor. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, I'm so sorry. Right here. Christy. Piano. Piano and vocals? Okay. Okay. Awesome. Okay, in the back. All right. Okay. All right. Nice. Bass. I am a bass, and I play the bass. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so we have all different plethora of instruments here. So think in your mind here how you would rate yourself as a musician on a scale of 1 to 10. Now, all of us know in our 20s, we always rate ourselves a 10. I'm a 10. And when I'm 20, I'm a 10 in everything. I can tell you what, how to be married. I can tell you how to raise your kids. I can tell you everything. I've never done any of it. 
but I can sure tell you how to do it. Now that I'm in my 30s, I realize I know nothing. I know nothing. I always want to learn to learn more. So wherever you rated yourself on that scale, no matter whether you're towards the higher end or towards the lower end, we all have room to grow. There's always ways we can grow. And hopefully it's not your worship pastor who has to tell you to grow. I don't know if you've ever had one of those conversations. We used to, when I was a leader at James River and something would go wrong in the production, we'd look at each other and go, somebody's going to get a chance to grow this week. <laughs> somebody's going to get an opportunity to grow. And, uh, um, you know, on a Sunday morning we'll have our, our in-ears in and you hear that person miss that note or somebody miss a cue and you're like, this is going to be a growing moment right after this set. But it's better to realize on our own that we want to grow and have a desire to grow than for someone to have to pull us aside and say, hey, you need to grow or there's gonna, you're going to need to sit down for a, little bit, for a little while. And so finding that desire within yourself to not plateau. Sometimes it's easy to say, well, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I can, I can follow the band. I can play the chords. I can do this. I'm good enough. I'm skilled enough. But this is what I, I like to tell our, our team. And it goes along with people thinking that you can be just good enough for church music. But if you were in a band out in the world, then you'd be awesome, right? I totally don't agree with that at all. I think church musicians should be the best musicians because we're doing what we do for the Lord and not unto man. And so always growing in our desire to be more musically capable, it really simply only makes us more valuable to our team. If I have musicians on the team who are stuck to their chord charts and are terrified because they're brand new, I can't really do anything spontaneous. If I have skilled musicians who have learned and grown, maybe they've learned the Nashville number system, or maybe we've flowed together as a team, or they know their instrument well enough to be able to flow, I can do things that are more spontaneous. Everything doesn't have to be so, okay, we're going to do bridge, chorus one, chorus two, tag. You know, if you're doing a, a new song, there's six verses and ten bridges and eight tags and... You build and you come down and you build and you come down and everybody's done with the roller coaster and wants to vomit. But anyways, so we have all these different um, things happening and the more prepared we are, the more spontaneous we can be. Sometimes people think that spontaneous means you don't prepare. That's not the case. The more prepared I am, the more off the chart I can go because I'm confident that I know where I am. If I know the key signature of A and what the, the sharps are in that key, then I'm a lot more comfortable flowing in that key and I don't have to have a chord chart that says make sure you play A over C sharp and not A over C right so the more you become okay so let's say you're a great guitar player well what do you know about music theory let's say that you're a great piano player well what do you know about singing parts what do you know about triads what do you know about have you learned the flat 13th have you played anything by Israel Houghton have you played anything by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir right I mean that stuff's not only crazy chords it's in crazy keys I'm pretty sure that they just put that in like a finale program and dropped it a half step just for everybody else, you know, uh, because that's impossible. Uh, sometimes what I do on the, key, the piano is during our pastoral worship time, we have that every Wednesday morning, instead of playing in a normal key like G or A, I'll challenge myself to play in a key that I hate um, just to keep myself fresh on the key of C sharp or the key of something else. You know, I'll play a normal song like Forever Rain that simpler than can be that we normally might play in G or C, and I'll raise it to C sharp or G sharp to keep myself acute to the music that's there and not to get to plateau and get comfortable with what I'm doing. So there's always room to grow. Um, the Bible has something to say about how we should play and worship before God. In Psalm 33, 
Psalm 33, here, verses 1 through 3, we see this verse. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. So we're supposed to sing joyfully and play skillfully. That is from God's word. It doesn't say play by the seat of your pants and just hope you get it right. Play skillfully. I tell our team this all the time. Yes, you are a volunteer, and I love you for it. Yes, you are a church musician. Love you for it. But I don't expect any less of you than if you were paid to do this because we're all doing this for the same reason, and it's to play skillfully to the Lord. Don't do it for me. Do it for him. Don't see my face in your head going, did you practice today? (laughs) Hear the Lord, because it, and it might sound a little like my voice, but it's him, right? <laughs> he wants you to play skillfully and to sing joyfully. Uh, I tell our singers, when I talk to them about singing joyfully, one of the things is stage presence. This goes for all musicians. We work on stage presence all the time. And one of the things uh, that I learned at the Seeds Conference the first time I went was, they have some rules of ways you cannot do stage presence. Love these, okay? So if you're on the stage, you've been given a platform to worship. There's some things you're not allowed to do, okay? The first one is wimpy praise hands. No. <laughs> wimpy praise hands does not cut it on the stage. You've got to be up and out. You are leading the whole congregation. <laughs> up and out. Wimpy praise hands, up and out, okay? There is no zombie worship. <laughs> You know, that's the worship where you don't know where the worship leader is going, and so you end up singing a chorus, and he went to the bridge, and everybody's like, what are we singing? Because you weren't paying attention, because you're in your own planet, zombie land, okay? Another one is riding, no riding the horse. Now, in our church, we, all of our musicians have a mic stand now, so they, they can use both hands to worship. Sometimes they take it out, and they, they do a little dance or whatever, but for the most part, they have a mic stand, and they're singing, so they can use both hands. The riding the horse is when they're holding the mic right here, and No riding the horse. Nope. Then the other is the infamous elbow clap, right? You're holding the microphone. What are you trying to show people to do? Do you want the people in the congregation? Right? Now, there are some really good ones. Um, Did I miss one? I thought I might have missed one. Okay, I guess not. But those are some great ways. Now, one of the biggest things I tell our team is, even if you're not comfortable getting all Pentecostal, smile. Please just smile. Just let people know you're happy to be here. Smile and preferably don't look terrified. Okay? So those are, those are kind of my two things. If you're playing an instrument and you're not a mic singer, I still want you to sing. Even if you're just mouthing the words. I want the congregation to see you worshiping your God, not just suck on your instrument. Right? That's my air bass, by the way. I play a mean air bass. And the, uh, I tell our singers... Look happy at what you're doing. You know, you've seen the painful singing face, right? And then you've seen the happy singing face. I prefer the happy singing face. You actually sing different when you smile. It makes a huge difference in communicating. Uh, the other thing is make eye contact with the people in the congregation. We have this, of course, awful habit at our church because we have a screen on the back with the words. I don't know how many of you have that. But it's literally become an addiction to the point where our people may need rehab if we ever take it away. And I tell them, learn the words. Because the one week you don't learn the words, they're going to be slow. 
and you're going to sing the wrong word, and it's going to be awful, and you're going to have room to grow. And so, so uh, you know, you're singing the words, and all they're doing is their eye line, they're looking right above the whole congregation the whole time. They don't even know. I mean, there could be like a circus happening down here. And they don't see it because they are totally focused on the screen back here. Make a point to look down at the people that you are leading in worship. It does something for them when you show, I'm willing to connect with you. That I'm not up here to do a show for you. I'm up here to pastor you. I'm concerned if you encounter God today. I'm concerned if you engage the throne today. That matters to me more than you hearing what I have to sing. Is you being engaged in this encounter. After this service, I want to hear, wasn't it awesome that God was here? Not, wasn't that a great song set? Or on the other hand, wasn't that a terrible song set, right? <laughs> I don't know if you ever got one of those before, but I've gotten a few. And um, I, I told this story in the last session that uh, we, we, one of our worship leaders did a different rendition of Great is Thy Faithfulness. Yes, you did. I wasn't going to say your name. But um, <laughs> see, see how quick we are to own our, our mistakes? Um, we had, I, I put on, on my Facebook page one day, we were starting a worship series just this month. And I said, hey, day spring, we're so excited. We're starting a worship series. Tell me what some of your favorite worship songs are. And this one lady puts, great is thy faithfulness, but only in the traditional version. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's not a jab. Yikes. Glad it wasn't me. And then, of course, I get the opposite. If you'll just do this song, revival will come. You know, like um, Overcomer by Mandisa. Like, that's not going to bring revival. You can have revival in your car, listening to Caleb. Um, So sing joyfully. So singers, would you please sing joyfully? Please. We need you to sing joyfully. And musicians, play skillfully. Don't come to rehearsal having not even listened to the songs. Don't come to rehearsal having not played through the songs. I know right away if someone hasn't listened to the song. Come to rehearsal rehearsed. Your worship pastor will love you. He will love you. She will love you. Because then rehearsal is not uh, working on the chord chart. Rehearsal is working on the arrangement and the transitions and the, the atmosphere of the room. It's the team getting unified instead of having to teach, you know, Jill over here how to play the song. Or even what the song sounds like. When I'm in a rehearsal and I have to play a song because somebody in the team didn't listen to it, not a happy thing. Not a happy thing. Because that wastes our time. That wastes people's time. And so come to rehearsal rehearsed. One of the ways you you can do that is if you're... uh, Now, if your worship pastor doesn't pick the songs till Saturday night, that's not your fault. Okay? If If your worship pastor tells you on Sunday morning we're playing these three songs, there's no way you can come ready. But if your worship pastor does the due diligence of picking songs two weeks out, three weeks out, one week out, you know, even three days before your rehearsal, take the time to, to sit down and, and listen to them, learn your part in them. Because what often happens is people come with their own creative idea for a song. We're not ready to be creative with a song until everybody at least knows the song. Right? So come ready, come rehearsed um, to rehearsal. The best musicians to work with as a worship pastor are those who are always looking for ways to become more skilled. There is no shortage of resources these days. When I was a kid, it was you took private lessons. There was no YouTube. 
There was no app on your phone, tuner, metronome. You had the metronome that sat on your piano. There was, there was not this stuff that they have today. You go on YouTube, you push in keyboard tutorial for any song made under heaven, it will show you how to play the song. A lot of these churches that are releasing albums now, like Elevation, you go to their website, you, type, you, you go to their worship website, they've got every song, the chord chart, the rhythm chart, tutorials for the keys and the guitars, and they show you exactly how to play the song. There is no shortage of resources. So this is a great time to learn the guitar. This is a great time because no longer do you have to go to private lessons, you just get on YouTube, how to play the guitar. Boom. There it is. Right? It's a, it's a new day for musicians to be able to learn without having to pay a ton of money. We can become more skilled. It's all right at our fingertips. We just have to have the desire. That's what it boils down to is, do I really have the desire to be better? Or am I just okay as I am? Am I just okay? I can plateau here. This is good. But if you are a leader on your team, you're demonstrating that to the young people and the next generation too. We don't need to get better. We've arrived. We're good where we are. We're not going to grow anymore. Then we're showing the next generation, this is how we do rehearsal. We never rehearse. We just wing it. Because it's all for Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will fill in the gaps, right? (laughs) No. Yes. Oh. Thank you for asking. Um, vocalist has to do with learning to breathe properly, learning to breathe better. Uh, hey, come on in. Uh, pitch, air, posture, um, increasing your range, increasing your power range, working on your break vocally when you break from power to falsetto. Uh, your vibrato, being conscious of not using vibrato as much. If you listen to modern worship music now, there's not as much vibrato in it because they want the power of the melody, and vibrato can actually be a crutch. So really actively listening to how am I singing this song? Am I singing through my nose? Am I rounding my vowels out properly? So just being really intentional with, with how you're, you're singing. There's some great resources out there. Uh, vocal artistry is a great one about learning to breathe properly. And air solves 90% of a, singer, a singer's problem. Most of the time it's because they don't breathe properly, um, that they can't sing on pitch, or that they use vibrato. That's a, great, that's a great question. The question was, for those of you listening, how do singers become better and more skilled? And what I just said before was the answer. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Musicianship. Great question. If you grow complacent and lazy, you'll become stuck and unusable. Oh, that's a terrible word, unusable. But music never stays still. It's almost like technology. As soon as you buy an iPad, the next one comes out. Right? I mean, seriously. (laughs) You can never be content with what you have. You buy the iPhone 5, now there's a 5C, 5S, they're going to come out with a 6. You download the 7.0 software, now there's a 7.1. There's an upgrade every single day. Music is constantly evolving. I know most of you have probably noticed, everything's going back to synthy sounds right now. Everything is keyboard-driven, and it's this, like, techno, you know what I'm saying? It's, that was, you did that 10 years ago, and you were outdated. Now if you're not doing it, you're outdated. So music is constantly evolving, and if we're not growing, we'll be unusable. Let me just give you an honest confession. 
when I went to school, college, music was super simple. I mean, you had a piano. It wasn't even guitar-driven then. It was piano-driven. It was hymns-driven. Let's just be honest. And so it was very different when I got out of college and things started to change. Things like digital music, that wasn't there then. Um, MIDI players had no clue what that was. So when this stuff first came out, I was so overwhelmed. Like there's, I don't even know, I can't even speak this language. And so uh, still to this day, one of my goals for this year is to purchase a MIDI program and to force myself through the ambiguity to do it. I have people on my team that can do it. They know how to do it, but I need to be able to speak that language. And I've made myself not, hey buddy, I've made myself not as valuable by not knowing it. Does that make sense? I can't get set. Oh no, if I went to my, if, if I came, someone came to my church and they said, I want to lead worship. It's going to be modern worship. And I, all I need on the stage is a grand piano and a harp. Like, really? You're going to do modern worship that way? How, how is that? Can you, is it like the dance moves you're doing with the music? Because I'm not seeing that. So knowing what is now without having to surrender to culture. Listen, we don't have to surrender to culture, but it's good to at least know what's out there. What is Planning Center? What, is, what are some of these resources that are out there now that can help us, but sometimes we think we've always emailed the schedule. We've always sent out a typed schedule. Oh, God forbid. I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. Now there's Planning Center. Does it all for me? Right? And so knowing these things and not being overwhelmed by them, that keeps us useful and valuable because we're willing to learn. We're willing to grow. If you feel like, man, I'm just older. I, I don't get into that young stuff anymore. You better get some young people around you because you're going to be dated. Yes? Is there anybody that doesn't know what Planning Center is? Okay. Awesome. This is great. I, I wish I would have told them. Maybe I could get got some royalties on this talk. But... <laughs> Planning Center is a program. It's basically a schedule media program. So you can put your orders of service in there, all of your song databases in there, and, and you can transpose it to any key you want. You can transpose MP3s to any key you want for your band. Uh, you can put the chord sheets in there, the rhythm charts. Uh, and as a worship leader or whoever your scheduler is, you can pull up a matrix schedule, schedule people for weeks out. It automatically sends them an email saying they're scheduled, they can accept or decline for that date, and then if they decline, you can reschedule someone, and it automatically sends the email, and then it gives you a list of who has accepted and confirmed and who hasn't. They have access to every single MP3, and as long as you have the CCLI rehearsal license, they can download all those MP3s on their own iPad, iPod, and be able to be listening to the songs you're doing that week, and you're providing them the music and the chord chart and the rhythm chart in their home. So they don't have to come to church to rehearse. It's all at their fingertips. Planning Center, it is a godsend. I'm pretty sure it was created on the eighth day, okay? So just know that uh, it's out there. If you have further questions on it, there are tons of tutorials on it. Go to planningcenter.com. There's, there's plans that they can get you on a plan that's simpler, one that's more complex, but it's excellent. There's even an app for your phone. I can schedule people from my phone uh, to schedule them. They can accept on decline on their phone. They'll get a text message, you've been scheduled for March 30th for this. Accept or decline. Accept. Boom. They're confirmed. And now they have access to the service and they can go in and get the schedule and the songs. Great program. Amazing. And they're always updating it. I, that's another thing I'm behind on. They've probably introduced four new things that I haven't even read yet. So 
Great thing. Becoming more skilled makes you more valuable to your team and opens up more opportunities and doors for you. You, you really limit yourself. You wall yourself in. And, and here's another challenge. Okay, what if you are a 10 on the piano? Okay, maybe it's time to pick up a guitar and start at zero and start moving up. Maybe it's time to pick up something different. And, or maybe it's time to mentor somebody, right? If you've arrived and nobody's behind you, you're in trouble because once you're gone, who's going to take your place? So there's always a way we can grow. There's always opportunities that, that we can have. So how do we continue to grow? Well, you recognize your ally and you recognize your enemy. Your ally is diligence. Diligence. I have four children. Three of them are in piano lessons. Most days they hate it. They don't like mommy telling them you need to sit down and you need to do your piano practice. I hated it too. Now, if they're not made to, they'll sit down and play the piano for hours. They'll just sit there and play on it. But the minute you say, it's time to do your lesson, ah, I don't want to do lessons. I hate piano. I want to quit piano. I'm like, I'm paying money for piano. You're sitting down. and you're, People will ask me all the time, why don't you just teach your own kids piano? Wait till you have kids, and you'll know why. <laughs> okay? It is not an easy thing. I, I tried with my oldest, and I'd say, honey, this is the key of C. This is a C right here. No, Mom, that's not a C. Okay, who we calling? Who's going to teach you that? You won't believe me, so let's send you to someone else. And luckily, there's a lady in our church who's more patient than Job, and she um, actually teaches all of my children. I don't know how she does it, but she teaches all of them. And, but most of the days, they don't want to practice. And most days, that's, some, that's the last thing on our list too, isn't it? I mean, aren't there more important things to do than... Sometimes I feel like I'm wasting time to sit down and just play around on the piano or practice scales. Isn't there like someone in the hospital I need to visit? Isn't there a more pressing need than me sitting here working on a song in the key of C sharp or figuring out when the band's going to come in and when the bass is going to play? I mean, is that really important? But it is. Because we are trying to remove distractions and hindrances and obstacles in the atmosphere of worship on a Sunday morning. It is important. Sometimes the only touch you have in a person in your congregation is a Sunday morning or a Saturday night or whenever your major service is. That's the only time you'll see them all week. So yes, we need to be prepared. Yes, we need to be at our best. Yes, we need to grow and we need to be more skilled. So diligence, keeping at it, pushing onward, not settling in. I I had a, a singer on our team for a while and he was just under the pitch. I mean, just barely under the pitch consistently. I mean, and for some people that doesn't bother them. For me, it hurts. It is painful to my body when that happens. And there's some people in the congregation, they'll never know. But for people who have any ear at all, it can totally ruin their worship experience. Okay? And so I had to pull them aside and just say, hey, there's some things we need to work on with your voice. It's not you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're doing a great, your heart is great. You're doing a great job leading. Your energy is awesome. This guy has more energy. I'm pretty sure one day he's going to stomp his foot through the stage and fall through. He's got so much energy. But it's just your pitch. And he could feel it himself. And he was actually psyching himself out and was insecure. He was so afraid he wasn't going to hit the note that he would clamp his vocal cords and then he would not hit the note. And so I said, let's work on the confidence of hitting the right note. So I had him download some vocal exercises on his phone, some MP3s. And he would do them on his way to work every day, faithfully. He's now opened up his mouth more. He's learned how to open up and not clamp, not to sing like this. He's a country singer. Not to sing like this, but to sing into the microphone to loosen that high, high notes are actually down and not up. And he's learning these things. And 
He is on pitch much more now than he's off pitch, but it's been a process. So diligence is, at the beginning of the process, he was frustrated. I'm never going to get this. Yes, you are. You're going to get this. And I'm going to help you get this. Because you are, God has called you to be a worship leader, and you're going to make it. You're going to do this. And it took a long time. But now he's excited to lead worship instead of scared. And so he kept at it. He pushed onward. He didn't settle and say, oh, I guess I'm just a flat singer. No, you're probably just not breathing right or or doing something with your vocal cords. It's being willing to push on past the barrier. Okay, so you're learning guitar. What's the barrier of learning guitar? Ah, the burning fingers of death. That is the, I mean, it hurts so bad when you go to push on that string and your finger is raw. Mmm. It's not as bad as having children, but it's close. No. (laughs) But, um. It's, it's very painful. That's one of the barriers, right, is building up those calluses. When you're learning the piano, there's barriers, okay? There's so many different nuances of how the piano is played um, that it can be very confusing. It can, for a beginner, it can be very confusing. When you're trying to learn musical theory, there's barriers. There's like words in Italian. And it's, it's not easy. And the fractions don't really make sense. They're not like math fractions. They're like time signatures, Totally different. Three, three over three, four is not three-fourths. This was something I had a really hard time with, okay? Because I'm math-minded, so four-fourths should just be a one, right? So we're playing in the time signature of one. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. And six-eighths should automatically reduce to three-fourths, which means it's in three-four time. Doesn't work that way, gang. It's more like feeling two. So it's, it's learning how to do it. If you don't know the Nashville number system, Learn the Nashville number system. Look it up, okay? Every, every chord in a, in a key signature has a number, okay? The two's always minor. The three's always minor. The seven's always diminished. You know going into a song, we're going to play six, five, four, one. It can be in the key of A, the key of D, the key of C sharp. You're going to play the six, the five, the four, the one. That's what we're going to play. If you can teach your band that, and you turn around when your pastor's deciding to go a little longer with the response time, and you've got nothing to play, and you say four, one, five, six and you're already in the key of D, and they can follow and play 4156, you're gold. Okay? So that's being able, you're prepared to be spontaneous. Okay? That's what that is. But that comes with being more skilled. Our enemy is laziness. Oh, boy, do I know this all too well. You come home from work. What's the last thing I want to do? Sit at the piano and learn a song. I want to crash. I want to sit with my wonderful family and watch a movie and sip on hot tea or drink a cup of decaffeinated coffee with tons of hazelnut creamer in it. That's what I want to do. But there are songs calling my name. Amanda, come work on this. And we have to push laziness aside. Uh, The work is not going to get done. I talked in the last session about things we can't delegate. There's lots of things we can delegate. Some things we can't delegate. And one of them is our pastoral responsibility, our leadership responsibilities to our team to be prepared. That is something we cannot delegate. You show up to your rehearsal unprepared enough times and people will stop listening to you. They will stop believing that you know what you're talking about. And they will start following the band member that is rehearsing all the time. And you will have a leader that's not really the leader. And it will cause a major issue in your team. Because you didn't delegate, you gave that power away. 
gave it away. So don't slack off. Laziness looks like slacking off, practicing only when you feel like it, procrastinating, making excuses. Well, I just couldn't listen to the songs because like there was a um, Duck Dynasty marathon and that's really important to my family. And so I just really couldn't practice. What? Are you kidding me? And you know, some of the excuses that are there, we're just busy. Really? I have four kids and a husband and a full-time job. I'm busy too. And so I've started to get to the point where before I would have just been like, okay, that's all right. I start to give a little more pushback now. Really? You were that busy that you couldn't just listen to the songs, like maybe on your drive to work? Well, I like to listen to the morning news radio. Oh, so it's more of a preference thing, you know? And so I, I do a little bit of more pushback now with people because it's everybody's time. And if you want to give yourself to this ministry, great. If you don't, then don't. So take it if you want. Some of you are probably a little bit more grace-filled than I am. Uh, it, is, it does come from a place of grace, I promise. The results of laziness is, number one, you lose your focus and motivation. After a while, you just lose interest. You, you stop long enough loving music and really loving your instrument and what makes it work, and you just lose motivation. The second thing is it destroys worship unity. The unity on your team will suffer because this happened with us with uh, people who were late for rehearsal. And, and I had to, for a few weeks, really deal with punctuality. Because you've got your people who are there early, ready to go, and somebody walks in 15 minutes late, and they've got to set up all their gear and get their stuff ready, and now you're way behind in your rehearsal. And I'm ticked at that point. Because you are supposed to be here. So unless, like, you're carrying your leg in with you, um, you should be on time. And the problem was is the team members who were on time were starting to resent the team members that weren't on time. So you get a total disunity going into a Sunday morning service, your team's not in sync because somebody decided it wasn't important for them to be on time. They were lazy. They didn't set their alarm. They decided to hit snooze too many times. They didn't take into consideration that they needed to take a shower. I don't know what, but they were late. And it destroys the worship unity. You have five people on your team that come rehearsed and prepared, and you have two people who just slacked off. That's going to destroy the team unity. Um, the third thing that it can do, it can destroy the worship atmosphere. Because if you're not rehearsed, there can be a ton of distractions in the service. People playing all over the place, everybody playing at the same time, nobody knowing what space to fill in the song, and all of a sudden the congregation is like, who are we following? What is happening? Are we singing the same song? Um, it creates distractions, which hinders the entire worship service. And uh, so those are some results of laziness. So one of the statements that I, I have made before is, there's no reason that worship musicians shouldn't be the best musicians out there. We play for the Father to bring him glory. You're not playing so that your church can get on the map. You're not playing so that you can be recognized. You're playing so that God can get glory. So play in such a way and prepare in such a way so that God can get glory. So what are some practical things to become a better musician? I'm so sorry, gang. I am really not feeling well today. Okay. The first one is to rekindle your love for your instrument. I can remember the first time we have an upright piano. It's about 110 years old. It was my great-grandmother's. And first time my kids opened the doors on it because we had an old player piano, and they saw all the strings. They thought that was the coolest thing ever. And they'd hit a note, and the hammer would pound the string. Hit a note, hammer would pound the string. They were so amazed at how that instrument worked. And I'm just wondering when the last time was that you thought about how your instrument works. 
how amazing it is that when you strum this with this here, that this is the sound that comes out. Rekindle your love for your instrument. Okay. All right. Number two, become a more skilled musician. Uh, YouTube, there's no lack of resources, conferences, private lessons. And the third one is just to rekindle your love for music in general. Listen to music, not just for practice, but just to enjoy it. Enjoy the sounds you hear. Enjoy how the sounds go together. What are they doing here? Wow, that's amazing. Let me rewind. I need to hear that again. How did they build that there? Wow, did you hear how they made that harmony not quite right, but it so went with it? So learn to have a love um, for music. My face will turn white again. Okay, those are all um, great, great, great ways. Um, We joke because speaking drummies, you know, sometimes I can't exactly say, but I can speak it. Like, I don't even want to say it and embarrass myself. But, you know, you can do the... And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, yeah. You know, or I'll sing the lead guitar line in the microphone. I'm like, I like it like this. So then if they're never there, I'm ready to go. You know, I've got the lead guitar line on my own. You just sing it in the microphone, right? So haven't had to do that yet, thank God. But uh, we could get there. One of the greatest tools I've ever learned, and, and somebody said it, is... Listening. Active, we call it active listening. And what it is, is your team members, you, you sit down with either the music in front of you, rhythm chart, chord chart, even just a blank piece of paper, doesn't matter. You listen to the song all the way through first, just to get a feel for the song, where it goes, where it peaks, where the valleys are, where the big part is, where, you know, all these different things. And then you go back and you listen for your part. Because when we listen just for enjoyment, we miss several parts in the music. We hear everything together, but never separate. So to break the song down, okay, some questions to ask in active listening. When does my instrument come in? When is the first time I even hear my instrument in this song? Because sometimes in a band, it's like, one, two, three, everybody in. And not every song starts the way. Sometimes it's just electric and the drums. Sometimes the bass doesn't even come in until the second verse. Sometimes the acoustic guitar doesn't come in at all. And they just have a singing role or they just have a worshiping role, that song. So active listening tells you when you play and when you don't play. It really, as a musician, our goal is to serve the song. Serve the song. So everybody playing at once doesn't do a song usually justice. Okay? It's usually just a mess. But everybody knowing what they play and when they play, sometimes the keyboardist plays two notes the whole time. They're just... Ding 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 ding. But that little part in there is awesome. When you listen to the whole thing together, you're like, I love that ding 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 ding. That's amazing. They must be an awesome keyboardist. And the whole time they're just ding 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 ding. You know. And and for some people they're like, I don't want to play that. If that's all I'm going to play, I don't want to be in the church band because that's just boring. No, you are part of a whole. You are serving the song. So we don't need to know everything you can do on every song. We just need you to do what the song needs you to do on this song. And so that's part of being, a, a, I think, a Christ follower and a musician is that humility of what is my role in this song. It's, my role in this song is not always to be number one. Sometimes my role is to be number nine. Sometimes my role is not even to be in the song. And accepting that and that by accepting that role and doing it the best you can, that's worship. That's worship. And it also creates so that all the songs don't sound the same uh, at full volume all the time. Everybody just crank it up, you know. That doesn't work. 
You need to have peaks and valleys in your services, places where people can rest, places where people can push, places where it's, you're high emotionally, places where it's a little bit further back. It's not manipulating people. It's working with people. You can't have a peak the whole time in a service. People are just going to blow up. You have to give them an opportunity to come down. <laughs> okay? Um, so knowing how a song goes. And then when does my instrument not play? And what am I playing? Am I playing power chords? Am I finger picking? Am I, am I playing synth on this song, more of a pad? Or am I more of a keys lead? What, am I, what is my role in this song? That's active listening. And then once you're done with that, you go back through the song and you just play where you're supposed to play. You play your part in the song. And that's also a great way to aid in memorization because you're not relying on a chord chart. You're relying on what you heard the song do. So you're learning the song, you're not learning the chord chart. Because if you've looked at chord charts often enough, most of the time they're not true. Um, not everybody's playing a C-sharp minor, okay? Some people are just playing the A. Some people are just playing the C-sharp in the C-sharp minor. They're just hanging on that C-sharp, but that chord chart doesn't tell you keys is just going to hit a C-sharp right here. It just says C-sharp minor. And so everybody just, C-sharp minor. That's not what it's supposed to sound like. And so serving the song is when we actively listen and we know where our role fits. That's how I ask our people to rehearse before they come to rehearsal. Have at least one active listening session with with each one of these songs before you come to rehearsal so that you know your role in the song when we come together. Now, it may get tweaked. There may be a part that I'm like, "Mm, that sounded better on their, their recording. Let's tweak that. That, let's not even do it the way they did it. Let's, but since they know the foundation of the song, you're not teaching it from scratch. You're just tweaking it instead of, of rebuilding a song. So if your team can learn that one tool, active listening, it will make a huge difference. Huge difference. Um, a couple of, of resources I want to share with you. Oh, I didn't write the other one up here, but seeds.churchonthemove.com. I go to the Seeds Conference. This is my second year. I plan to go every year till Jesus comes my favorite conference of the year it's a conference mostly just for creative arts whether it's in the youth ministry the kids ministry the adult ministry it's how do we use the arts in the church it's well done the services at night are phenomenal um the morning services are phenomenal this year i was just blessed beyond words uh willie george's church they do an excellent job with their their building their kids ministries their everything is done with excellence um, and they have a, po- a podcast that they put out once a month. You can look up on iTunes. And because it's once a month, I like it. I can't do podcasts every day. But once a month, and it'll be something about church production, or it could be how to sing better, or one week it might be how they develop their Easter plan. And so fr- from start to finish, and they'll take you through. And the other thing about seeds.churchonthemove.com is every resource on their website is free. You don't pay for anything. If they've done a click track to a video to Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, you can have it. You can use it at your church. If they've done um, a graphic design, you can have it and use it at your church. If you're looking for a MIDI patch and you have Reason or Mainstage, you can, they, put all, they build all their Reason patches from scratch and they give them away. So you can have their MIDI patches. They don't ask for anything in return. Everything that's on their site is free. The conference is not free. But everything on their site is free. The conference is awesome, though, if you can get a chance to get down there. This, 
they have skits. If you're looking for ways to incorporate funny skits, their skits are hilarious. And most of the time, they're only two people, and they give you the script for free, and the video, and the DVD, and everything they can. They're willing to help in any way. They, they have podcasts on how to mix vocals, how to mix the band, um, lighting, media, everything. So this is like my big, huge, stinking resource that I use for everything. It's wonderful. Another resource I want to tell you about, it's a little bit more self-serving because it's at our church, but um, last year, it may not be, we may start to move it around the state, I don't know, but last year we started a conference called the Inspire Conference, and it wasn't because we wanted one more thing to do. It really felt, we really felt like God wanted to, we feel in our church that God wants us to be a resource center for other churches. Not that we have it all figured out, um, but we want to, one of our core values is corroboration. It's not our kingdom. It's God's kingdom. And so anything we have, we want to pass on. So last year we started the Inspire Conference for a lot of, especially the smaller churches or churches who could never afford to go to a seeds conference, the airfare, the hotel. And we, we try to have the same type caliber sessions. We try to make it an excellent conference at a very low price. It's like 30 bucks, and it includes lunch. And we do a worship night on the Friday night where you don't have to do anything in the service, which is awesome, except worship. And then the Saturday is workshops and main sessions. Uh, I don't have the speaker yet this year. We're in contract right now. So, but we're working on that. Um, so this year's Inspire 14. This is for your whole team. So worship pastors can come, worship leaders. Voc- there'll be sessions for vocalists. There'll be sessions for musicians. There'll be sessions for media teams. So anybody in your creative arts team, $30 is, is what we ask per person, and that, like I said, that includes lunch. And it's November 7th and 8th of this year, and it's in Bowling Green at Day Spring Church. So I'll make sure that you guys get one. And Matt, would you just give one of these to everybody that didn't get one yet? That'd be awesome. We'd love to see all of you there. And it's not really um, to, to benefit Day Spring. It's to benef- we want to benefit you in any way that we can. So your personal question to take away from this session is, what steps do you need to take? And some of you have already said that. I need to get on YouTube. I need to get my guitar out and appreciate it. I need to love on it a little bit. I need, I need to write an encouraging note to my piano, lonely. And um, so what are some things you need to do as a musician? This session is only as good as the actions you take after it. You know, it's like we go to these awesome conferences, like I do at Seeds. And I'm like, okay, now, this is all awesome content, but what am I going to do with it? And so it's awesome to be excited now. Okay, today I want to go home and practice. Go home and practice then, okay? <laughs> and, and surprise your worship pastor tomorrow with just how awesome you play your part in the song. Um, the Deuteronomy 33.11 is what I call the musician's prayer. And it says this, Bless all his skills, O Lord, and be pleased with the work of his hands. Deuteronomy 33.11. I love that. Because nothing replaces the blessing of God. You can be a 10 on an instrument. And if you don't have the blessing of God, it's going to fall. But if you have the blessing of God and you're doing your best and you have a desire to be better, that's, a, that's an amazing force to reckon with. Um, we have four minutes. Does anybody have any questions? Yes. When you asked us earlier, what did we bring ourselves? Yeah. I'm going to give you all There you go. <laughs> I never.
never rate myself a 10. There's always room to grow. And then they don't want to give you pain medicine. You're like, no, 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 seven or eight, seven or eight. I didn't know what I was comparing it to here. Any other questions? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, you said that you were giving um, that guy you were training for yes. vocal exercises. Yep, he just looked him up online. Uh, there is something called vocal artistry, though, and they, they totally, that's what they do, is vocal techniques. They have DVDs, CDs. I don't know if they've done anything in the app world yet, but they talk about all that stuff. And Seeds has a whole series on breathing and pitch um, as well. Yeah. How do you balance excellence and I, you know, you're talking about stage presence, this, that, and the other, but not turning it into I'm going to a concert. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to a worship service. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I'm not trying to, I feel like I listen to a lot of things you say and it's good, but at the same time, I'm like, I feel like you're prepping for a show mm-hmm. versus a worship service. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me say a couple things. First of all, we are performers. We can't help it. We're on stage and we're facing all the people and they're all looking at us. So there is an element of performance in any... Now, five years ago, I would have said, you never perform. But there is an element of performance in what we do. We have to be at our best. We don't wake up in our pajamas, not brush our teeth, and just come wing it. That's not okay. There has, we have to have a certain par, a certain level of what we're trying to present and the image of God we're trying to represent and the image of our church. So yes, I do want our team to perform with excellence. For me, the breakdown is what is the motive? Is the motive to build my kingdom or the motive to build God's kingdom? Am I, am I, do I want to be excellent so that people will notice me or do I want to be excellent so that people will take notice of God? And if you can honestly say we're doing everything we're doing because we want people to take notice of God, I don't think there's anything fake or wrong about it. If you're, if you're trying to promote your own kingdom and you're just really hoping for man's approval after service and that everybody gets on Facebook and says what a great job you did, not the right motive. But excellence in itself is not wrong. It's neutral. It's the motive that we have for excellence that makes it good or bad. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Because that's where life change happens, and that's, that's so important. We're not trying to just get butts and seats, but butts and seats are great because then you get an opportunity to actually witness the people. We want butts and seats. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Any other questions? Well, you guys have been awesome, and thanks for understanding me having to leave the room. We're, like I said, our family is battling the stomach flu, and my battle started this morning. So... Not a great day for that. But thank you so much. I hope to see you at Inspire. Maybe I'll see you at our afternoon session. Let me invite you to that. My lead pastor, Pastor Scott at East Step, and I are doing a session on the worship pastor-lead pastor relationship. And so hope to see you for that. Enjoy your lunch, okay? Remember all the lunch plans. I didn't hear most of them. Yes, sir. Go back to the original room first, and we'll take direction from there. Good question. Thanks, everybody.